Bless you guys and ladies. Um, just a, as a, a precursor before we start, the Remembrance Day stuff. Um, we're looking at 100 years ago, there were many young men who were actually believers, who had dreams that were from heaven, and they were never fulfilled. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is watching over those dreams to see them yet fulfilled. And maybe some already have been through the last century. But I believe there is something so full in God's heart as we consider our history. You know, and uh, even as I share this morning what I bring today. May this be something that Holy Spirit will breathe into and blow on and we ourselves get caught up into that whole jet stream of heaven. All that I bring, I want that to be the case, that it is causing us to come up higher into a revelation and a dimension that is where we're meant to be, where we're meant to be leading the world that they will be streaming unto us because they see something. So, um, I hope you can read it okay on the screen. Um, you'll see it says health, healing, and wholeness, which is good. Okay? You can all say amen if you like. Now, you might be asking, why am I bringing a teaching on the subject of health and healing? Well, firstly, I believe that health, healing, and wholeness is part of our freedom in Christ. Okay. And as Freedom Church, we need to know the truth and be living in the good of it. We can't just be talking the talk and not walking the walk. We have to embrace this truth. If we're making claims, we need to be ready to have the goods. Secondly, please raise your hand if you've ever been poorly. Okay, keep your hands raised if when you were poorly, you wished you got better quicker. Amen. Thirdly, the reason I'm sharing on this, I can almost guarantee that at some time in the future, your health and wholeness will be challenged. And you will be helped to know how to resist this. In fact, it may be the case right now today. Maybe health and healing is something you've actually struggled with. You're looking at somebody here who has and perhaps semi given up on the promises because it just hasn't worked out for you. But I want to assure us today that God's desire for us is health for our life. Now, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to ask some questions. Feel free to answer out loud. Is there any sickness in heaven? Is it God's will for anyone to be sick in heaven? Is it right for us to see God's will here on earth? Okay. Now, if you struggle to believe it's God's will for you to be whole, ask yourself the question, why wouldn't God want me well? He's a loving father. Why would he want me sick? He doesn't. And there is something that sits upon the Christian church, unfortunately, which is a lie the enemy has put out there. That when we pray, we say, well, if it's your will, Lord, that I'm well. If it 
perhaps be a good day with you, you might want to make it better, perhaps. You know, I mean, put it in those terms, it's a bit stark, isn't it? You think, well, really, we don't pray like that, do we? Well, we do, to a certain extent. When we're not sure what God's will is, we're hesitant. And in fact, that's called doubt. And God can't use doubt. We need faith. We need to be totally assured of this truth. Now, this is part one of, you know, there are people that spend their lives devoted to preaching and sharing on health, healing and wholeness. And there's reasons for that. And I, I've looked at it a lot, partly because I've had to, because I have not been a well person. It's been a journey for me. And I'm not saying I've got it taped either. But I'm learning some stuff and some stuff I'm going to share with you today. I want it to quicken with you. So Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help us. So this isn't a one-preach subject. There is a lot to learn and keep learning. But let's begin somewhere. And also, as we look at this subject, I want to remind us again, there is no condemnation for us. We are the body of Christ. No matter how ill or sick or disabled we've been or are, God still loves us and is rooting for us. He wants us well. Now, as I was preparing, uh, I just had a moment and God gave me a revelation. I thought, I like that. I think that's really cool. I've never thought about it like that before. Um, you know the belt of truth in the armor? You've got the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the belt of truth. Well, I just saw in a moment, you know those belts that workmen wear? They've got hammers and little pockets with screws and screwdriver things and this, that, or the other. And depending on your trade, depends on what you're hanging around the belt. I thought, you know, that is like, for us, the belt of truth. And what I'm bringing today is a tool about health, healing, and wholeness. We can attach to our belts. We take it with us. Now, I, I, you know, I hesitate to remember when I have ever sat under teaching a whole preach on health and healing, ever, in my Christian existence. Somebody might have alluded to it talked about it as part of an, an appeal to pray for people for sickness, etc., and to be made well. But I've never actually heard it in the flesh. I mean, I've seen things on TV and computer and whatever. So I just thought, hmm, maybe we need to redress the balance here. And probably many of us could quote the scripture, yeah, by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm still sick. Uh, there is a whole wealth a root system, if you like, to this truth that we need to water and nourish and nurture. Because as I say, health is very likely to be challenged. In fact, this week I have had significant attempts to get me sick. And I've said, whoa, no, no, no. Um, and it's no surprise when you're talking about these things. Okay, so where shall we start? Okay, we could look at diet, but I'm not going to. It's a massive area there about the things we eat and what we put in our bodies. But I want to start with what the word says about the promise of health and to make that our foundation, our starting point. Because 
When you make the word the starting point for all things in life, you're on an unshakable foundation. For we know the truth and the truth will set us free. It's all in there. A little plug for this. Read it every day. Meditate on it. Write out. Memorize scripture. This is the only enduring thing in this world. God's word. Wow. And we have it in our own language. Hallelujah. So that was just a little plug there for one of the best selling books in the world. Let's look. Let's if I get this right. If I blip it. Yeah. Okay. So very familiar scripture. Psalm 103. And I've just dressed up a bit in terms of using bits around the key uh, sentence in there. So let me read it. In fact, what we're going to do, we're all going to read this together because we can all see it on the screen. And it's good to speak the word of God out. So after three, one, two, three. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Whoa, come on. Okay, quick test here. Uh, there is a clue. The answers are in the text. How many of your iniquities or sins does it say he forgives? Fantastic. How many of your diseases does it say he heals? Very good. You're good, good class today. Okay. Are you sure about that? You don't sound so convinced. Are you sure about that? Hmm. I think we need to do a bit of work. Okay. Are you more sure that God forgives your sins than heals your diseases? I think we probably are, if we're honest, but they're equal. They are the same. They are part of the same package. And this is where we, as the church, have a bit of work to do. We've actually got to challenge maybe some precepts that we've held, which aren't actually good ones, preconceived ideas, things that have influenced us over the years and caused us to have a watered-down version of the word. Our experience, perhaps, is dictating what the word says as we receive it. But God is absolute. Now, at this point, I in no way want to disregard doctors and medicine, especially when you have somebody sat in front of you who is of the medical profession. They are immensely important in the process of health and healing. But I will say that a doctor can't heal you unless it's Dr. Jesus. A doctor can only help the process. Our faith is not meant to rest upon doctors, nor upon medicine. It should rest upon the Lord Almighty, who made the doctor and who made the medicine. I learned to pray before I went to the GP. Because of futile attempts on my visits, I would just come back, none the wiser, not necessarily getting the medicines I needed or whatever. And I would pray quite deliberately and specifically and say, Lord, I'm asking you to go ahead. This is what I think I need to um, get from this consultation. I need X, Y, Z or whatever it is. But I would pray before 
because I realized my mindset was saying, oh, yeah, the doctor will sort it out. The doctor will know. The doctor this, the doctor that. Because my whole upbringing, not that we were particularly into going to the doctor, but the whole of culture was saying, the doctor will sort it Have you been to the doctor yet? What does the doctor say? What does the word say? Now, that was a new thing for me. What does the word say about it? That was after, like, 14, 15, 16 years of existence on this planet. So I had a lot of renewal to go on. Let's find out what the word says. Now then, just to mention, you could argue, yes, actually, we can heal people. Because Jesus said, go and heal the sick. But essentially, all healing comes from heaven. And there are people with gifts of healing. They're they're just enabled. They just pray for people. They get better. It's fantastic. Uh, Maybe they have a healing angel that is working with them. I don't understand it all, but I just know there are certain people that are gifted with laying on their hands and seeing instantaneous results or just results of healing. But essentially, it all comes from the throne. It all comes from uh, our Father in heaven through that sacrifice of Jesus. Okay, you still with me? Good. Next verse. There we go. Let's come back again. That's jolly good. Um, Okay, are you ready to read? Ready to rumble? Here we go. I have to see it on mine slightly different. Ooh. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong piece of paper. There we go. Are we ready? One, two, three. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Okay, now it's a bit of a strange worded verse. It's actually God speaking all the way through that verse. So at the end of it, he says, and I will take away sickness. Deuteronomy 7.15 is a very similar verse. And actually, I prefer it slightly because it says, and I will take all sickness away from the midst of you. And I will quote that scripture. If I'm driving to work and I'm feeling a bit, I'm not feeling great today. I says, and I just declare that you will bless my bread and my water and you will take all sickness away from the midst of me. I just declare it out. I'm speaking what the truth says about my situation. I'm not putting up with this symptom any longer. Okay. And who is it that takes away the sickness? That's the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Now, Psalm 105. If you want a a, a little psalm to read it's quite big actually it's a great history of israel and part of the way through that verse 37 it talks about um how israel came out of egypt okay and it says he also this is god he also brought them out with silver and gold i like that and there was none feeble among his tribes Egypt was glad when they departed. I mean, you just have to read the whole thing. It's a great story. The key thing is, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they'd been there a long time, a few hundred years. They had grown in size. So I've heard there were around about three million. That's a large number of Israelites to cross the Red Sea and leave Egypt. But there were none feeble in their midst. I mean, wow, that's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? None feeble. And they left with all the goodies too. Extras. That's great. Now then, think about this. The children of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. 
Now, slavery usually implies hardship and struggle, and they certainly did experience that in their latter years, as we read it in, in the word. And yet there was none feeble in their midst. God was with them. God was demonstrating something to Egypt, and all of that is a prophetic picture for us as the church of God in the world. The world is like Egypt, and we are like Israel coming out of Egypt. God actually wants to honor his people. He wants to elevate them, show them, and say, look, guys, these are my people. God did not want a scraggy ragbag mob to be dragged out of Egypt. He wanted them to shine with his glory, even though there were mumblers and groaners as well, which the story expands on later. But he wanted to say, as for my part, I'm going to show them they're my people. Do you think he might feel the same about us? He wants us to shine. He wants to manifest his glory through our lives. He, he you know, yeah, anyway. He wants us looking good, okay? Not that we are anything other than what Jesus has, has done for us. You know, the glory goes to him. Okay, let's move on to another scripture. Let's have a look. We'll read this one out. Okay. The verse itself starts with those dot, dot, dot bits. Okay, so we're going to read from that part. Are you ready? Ready, steady, go. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I've brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Whoa. I like it. This is uh, Jehovah Rapha in the Hebrew. You, I'm sure many of you will have heard that as one of the names of God, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Tzidkenu, etc., etc. And Jehovah Rapha is another name, the Lord who heals you. Now, let's have a look at that verse. It appears to contain conditions. If we're careful to listen to his voice and obey his commandments, oops. Hmm, I haven't been that diligent to obey all his commandments. I can't be healed. Oh, it says it there. Well, don't despair. If that's an argument the enemy is bringing against you, don't forget that Jesus fulfilled the law on our behalf completely. All those commandments. And now that you've become a believer, we are now in Christ so we can qualify for this promise. Now, I'm not excusing just go off and live like you choose and do what you want. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that as part of this verse, it's saying certain things. They're all good things, I have to say. But it doesn't exclude us if we haven't fulfilled the letter of the law. So come into this fullness and promise that God has for us. It says in Galatians 3.13, you could use that as a memory verse if you wanted. It's so good. It says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, the curse of the law is when you don't fulfill it. Hands up if any of you have fulfilled the law. Huh, that means you're all justified to be under a curse. 
But praise God, your good news is Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. None of us could fulfill the law, could we? But Jesus has redeemed us from it. So anything of curse that was written in that law, you've been redeemed from. Anything of bad, the stuff that's not good, that's really clearly not God, you actually now have been redeemed from. And you can declare something into your situations to say, that's of the curse, therefore it's not mine. I can distance myself from that. I cut that off. I'm not having it. That does not, um, it's not for me. It's not for me. So, I went off the point there. Um, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having become a curse for us. Wow, thank you, Lord. That the promise of Abraham, and you might want to go back to Genesis. Have a look at those promises to Abraham, Abraham, uh, Genesis 15 and some others. The promise of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. I don't think there's any Jewish people of Jewish descent here. Come upon the Gentiles, that's us in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That's sort of a sailor moment. Go away and have a think about it. Now, just as we receive his righteousness, we can receive his healing and health as well. Now then, this is a preach in itself, this verse. So I'm going to whistle through a few quick points. There is a point about hearing God's voice through and in all of this stuff. Okay. Maybe you need divine wisdom regarding a health issue and you need to hear what God is saying to you about a course of action. So, yeah, we need to hear. We need divine wisdom. Maybe healing is taking time in, in coming. We think, I believe that you. What is the barrier? What's going on? Lord, I need to hear your voice in this. In the past, people made big mistakes regarding sickness and the promise of God and their journey to health. Some refused medical treatment. Okay, now that's absolutely fine if the Lord has told you to do that very clearly. Or you've absolute faith, you don't need it. But I am not recommending that as a general course of action. Don't be presumptuous or silly. It's wise. Listen to the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit speaking through brothers and sisters around you. It reminds me of a story. The person shall remain nameless because I gave him my word at the time. This is a phenomenal story. When I was much younger and coming into these things, um, I spent some time with a friend and we had to do some business and do some stuff. And it meant walking around town and stuff. And I could see it was quite obvious that my friend was not feeling too great. He didn't look great. And I could tell. He's just, are you all right? Are you all right, mate? Are you okay? Fine. Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. He was standing on the promises of God. I'm fine. I'm totally fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't be so stubborn. I know you're not. And it carried on and it carried on the whole day. It's like, you, you're really rough. You really, I wasn't saying that, but I just knew. And I was polite at the time. And I wouldn't be in his face with it and just challenge him. Like, God, you know, you're really irritating me, though, because you're so stubborn about this. But anyway, never mind. That's just your nature. I know anyone else. Anyway, that was that. Um. We were sharing a house at the time, and I don't know, it must have been about half past 11 at night. Suddenly, there was a... Stu, 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 you never believe, never believe. He was in the attic bedroom, right? And I was down in, in the middle floor. And he's like, yeah, what, 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 what's going on? I said, never believe it, never believe it, never. Yeah. 
I, I just, I'd go into bed and um, I've just been believing God all day. And, uh, and uh, you're not believing, it's amazing, Holy Spirit. It's like, truth, you know these um, attic windows that have these little skylights, these old fashioned cast iron things, was open. And he said that through the window came this rushing wind into the room and he was instantly healed, instantly healed. And he was absolutely hair standing on end. Like, that is standing on the promise. And I, nice believer, was getting really irritated with this brother. Wanted to challenge him and say, look, it's all right. You know, you can tell me you're feeling rough. Don't be so whatever. But the fact of the matter was he journeyed to the point of healing because he refused to accept anything less. And his stubborn nature and character helped him <laughs> in receiving his healing. Okay. And there are times when you have to walk that on your own. You've got to do it yourself. And I think really for me today, what this word is, is about actually... For you as an individual to hear this about how are you going to take this truth to yourself and think, Father, how can I make a stand on this? How can I just embrace this better? Work with me in it. Because we have something inside us, or should I say somebody inside us, who is actually calling this forth for us. Okay, so back to the notes. Let's not go on too long. I've been going about half an hour, and I know I need them. I'm all right to carry on. I've got a bit to do. Okay, so don't be silly. Don't ignore medical. You know, if you need a painkiller, take one. Yeah? There's, there's nothing wrong about that. Um, but it's about, but I believe. And I'm taking this painkiller because I'm in pain and I need some relief. But I believe, Lord. I believe. If you need to lie down, go lie down. And I will frequently go do that. I will lie down, and I will not lie down in my spirit. I lie down thinking, God, I'm right. I'm in that place of rest. Now, Father, I know your word is true. I'm coming against these symptoms now. I'm not receiving this. I know it is a done deal on that cross. I refuse that. And in my heart, I'm just saying no to this sickness. And I might lay there for five minutes and then I get up and think, right, I've done business. I've served notice on it. I'm not having it. That's it. It goes and it goes. It's been a journey, I have to say, of many years of declaring by his stripes, I'm healed. I remember as a, a younger lad um, having a really heavy cold. And I thought, right, OK, I'm going to spite the enemy. Every time I blow my nose, I'm going to say, by his stripes, I'm healed. That'll annoy him. It didn't seem to make any difference. But we'll get to that. OK. Jehovah Rapha. Let's just j j jump back in my notes. Um, Actually, the word, it means the Lord who restores you, repairs you, returns you to your original functioning. And that's what we want, and more than. Also in this verse, God says, I am the Lord that heals you, not I was the Lord who heals you. So this truth transcends time. And God is, I am, isn't he? All right, these were all Old Testament scriptures before Jesus had come as saviour. So does it change in the New Testament? Is there a little sort of something in the small print that says, oh, but now you're a Christian, it's different. 
health and healing is necessarily for all Christians. This would be the enemy sneaking in, that slippery, slimy serpent, trying to rob us of the truth. So, we find in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, let's read it out. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Interestingly, the tense has changed, hasn't it? It's now past tense. This is the change in the New Testament. It's been accomplished. It's been done. It's finished. Past tense. ED ending. Hallelujah. It is real. Now, actually, uh, Peter is actually quoting Isaiah 53, which we're going to look at, which I haven't put onto the slide. So you need to open your Bibles and find where it is. If you have a Bible or an app or something, let's open it up. Isaiah 53. I'm going to read verses 4 to 6 from mine, which is the new King James Version. Starting at verse 4, has everybody found it? Yep, okay, here we go. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was, excuse me, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And yeah, I won't read verse six. Oh, yes, I will. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him. That's Jesus. The iniquity of us all. Whoa. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? When you read, you just consider the enormity of the work of Jesus and the pre-planning of God so that he could win us back to himself. Do you know in the subtext? The word I have for sorrows is sicknesses. And the word for, where is it? It's down there somewhere. Pain, yes. I can see it down there somewhere. (laughs) I can't find it. Griefs, thank you. Let's get it right. Griefs is sicknesses and sorrows is pains. Um, And I wish they'd had the courage to leave it like that in that scripture because it waters it down and people say, oh, well, it says it's griefs and sorrows. He wants to heal your heart. Well, he does want to heal your heart as well, but actually wants to heal your body. Come on, let's get real. By his wounds, his beatings, his unfair and unjust suffering, it brought us healing. It was all laid on Jesus and we don't have to pay for it anymore. You know, we've remembered the many, many men that fell in in the First and Second World Wars. And we do that because we don't want their loss, their death, to have been in vain. I don't want that to be the case either for the death of Jesus. In my life, I want what he did to be fleshed out and to see a smile on his face. Well done. You've got it. Okay, is something beginning to stir in you? Okay, well, that's two of you. That's good. Right, so I hope you're beginning to see that healing on health is not an add-on or an extra for those who are just extra blessed. Okay, my prayer is that faith 
is being quickened in our midst so you don't have to be sick no more. Okay? Why is faith important? Because just as we enter into the forgiveness of our sins by faith, so we enter into our healing by faith as well. Okay? I've nearly done, so bear with me. Faith begins at the known will of God. If you know that God wants you well, you can have faith. Now, faith is like electricity for God. Faith is the thing that gets things moving. Faith quickens. Faith changes circumstances. And we could do a whole, whole load of stuff on what is faith and how do we get faith and how does it grow and, and all sorts of stuff. But I'm sure that you could probably say, yes, now, I believe God wants me well. I just struggle to believe that God will heal, heal me right now, which is where the faith bit comes in. But once you're convinced that God wants you well, you can take your stand. But be warned, things might just begin to get violent around here. Matthew 11, verse 12, a nice memory verse. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, this is Jesus talking, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now that word for violence here means to crowd oneself into. So it's like if you're in a busy crowd you want to get through, you get your elbow and you whang it into the ribs of somebody in front of you. Push, 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 push through. It's that sort of determination rather than a polite, oh, I see a crowd, I can't get through. The enemy will put obstacles in your path. What God wants is the lion on the inside of you to come out and say, I'm not having this. I want what's over there. It's mine. I'm having it. Think about those people at the new uh, Christmas sales, New Year sales. What they do, well, it's just bedlam, isn't it? When people, when the doors open, they get out of my Get off it, it's mine. No, I mean, ooh, oh, I got it first. Or like queuing at Wimbledon. They camp overnight to get the tickets. You know, the, the things that they really want to get, they'll make the effort to do it. And that's what I believe we need to have in our attitude of heart. I'm not saying they have to jump up and down and strive. Far from it. It's about a singleness of mind. It's about saying the word is the thing which is supreme in this situation. That is the thing I'm, I'm believing. Yeah, it's a determination. And sometimes, as I've said already, we're the only one who can walk that journey. So it might go something like this. I've seen the truth that I should be well. I believe that Jesus suffered on the cross, was whipped and beaten to bring me wholeness. Although I'm not sealing my health right now, I believe that this is a greater truth than the symptoms in my body. And I serve notice on sickness and I receive my healing and my health back. The fight in this violence verse is the fight to stand in the truth. To fight against the negative thoughts that make us want to give up. The fight to not talk about the sickness as if it belongs to us. Oh, it's my cold. Oh, it's my bad back again. Ooh, hang on. That's not your bad back. No, it's not. But we say it so easily. And we need to say, no, no, no. You don't own that. 
Jesus took it. In fact, it belongs to Jesus. He took it and nailed it to a cross as an open spectacle for all the powers of darkness. And we have to just affirm our stand and keep standing. A good way of looking at all this is to realize Jesus has already given us health. Okay? You have health. This morning you have health. What the enemy is trying to do is trying to take it away from you. Okay? Whenever sickness is coming, it's like he's trying to put sickness on you. Okay? When you get a symptom of something or whatever it is, don't think, oh, it's in my body already. Actually, no. That's trying to come in from the outside. Out you go. I'm not having you. Okay? I say no to sickness. I'm not having you. Push off in Jesus' name. How dare you challenge my position in Christ? I take authority over you and cut you dead. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you for my health. I refuse to allow this divine gift to be stolen away from me. You can use your own words. I, I would say it different every single day, I'm sure. But there is a power. If you keep on doing this, it begins to pay off. Things start happening. On many, many occasions, as I said, I've had to affirm this truth. And it was just with great joy when it actually began to manifest. Hallelujah. And you know what? The thing was, I had to experience horrendous symptoms to realize the power that I had to, to defeat those symptoms. Does that make sense? If you've got just a little twinge here and say, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. And it went. It was only a little symptom. But when so I, I remember distinctly, maybe, I don't know, a couple of years ago, driving home from work, and I was getting wave upon wave of the most awful feelings of flu, sickness, whatever. Well, I don't care what it was. It wasn't staying with me. And I was driving home, and I was trying to praise God. I thought, I'm just going to do it. I feel lousy. I'm just going to praise God. Praise God. Thank you, God. You've won the victory. It's mine in Christ. I'm having it. And I just declare, I'm going to stick, kick up a stink because the enemy hates praise. And I just bless you, God. Sometimes it galvanizes us into just being the person we're meant to be. Sometimes those hard things come because God's saying, come on, wake up into who you really are. The only way to fight it is through the spirit man that we are in Christ. You know, it says in Hebrews, in that hall of fame of the heroes of faith who are made strong in battle. It's not that we're not going to have battles. You've got to be in the battle to become strong in it and know how to wield and fight with that sword of truth. So I want to encourage us that we have the authority to address sickness and demons because that's where it's coming from. And it is God's will that we take our stand in this way. That out of our mouth we begin, begin to speak truth against these things. And that you begin to recognize when you're walking in health. Oh, ooh, wait a minute. <clears throat> what was that? That wasn't very good. I'm just going to take some authority here. Whatever that was, in Jesus' name, I confront you and I cut you off. I resist you. I've had some very strange symptoms this week that haven't come on me. But they're very odd. And years ago, I might have freaked out, but we know what's going on. We know what's the content of this talk today. It's eternal truth that if we can get hold of, and I'm sorry, you've been very patient to bear with me 45 minutes. Let me just encourage you with what I've shared, okay? I'm going to draw it to a conclusion. 
as I've said, it's taken me a long time of working with this truth, but I've begun to see fruit. And as I release this into your hearts today, let this be the seed sown, Holy Spirit to water. Be encouraged. If there's any, any sense of, oh, no, I'm no good, I can't do this, let that be dispelled. God says you're a winner, and he wants the best for you. Um, I, I want to mention, I've brought with me maybe 10 copies of 101 things God says about health and healing. You're welcome to have one of those. And just fold it up and put it in your Bible. Meditate on it. It's amazingly powerful. It's really good medicine. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love. love.